Hello, this is the Contractor Coffee Club podcast presented by EGIA. I'm your host, Mark Madison. This podcast is hosted at egia.org slash podcast, where you can also find links to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, along with an archive of all previous episodes, a submission form for our listener Q&A, and the link to the latest EGI snapshot survey. In today's episode, we're privileged to be interviewing Mike Triaz. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Mike? Trees would be closer to what my dad uh, used to say. <laughs> Trees, as in fleece? Uh, sure. Yeah. John Cleese, is that what you said? Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. It's a dead <laughs> parrot. Yeah, John Cleese. Yeah. That's right. So, Mike Trees. So my understanding is you love to train HVAC technicians. Is that true? Well, I, I do love training technicians, company advisors, managers, all those folks. Technicians. Uh, are a strange breed of people, and I love working with them because they're the kind of guy that, you know, sometimes you see him as that salty guy that comes in, and he's not going to learn anything new. And before you know it, you start talking about different things, and you you use words like loving people and caring about people, and and he's going, you know, he gives you that that old stink eye. And, And then after a little while, things start to turn around, and he's going, you know what? That's right. I, I, that is who I am. So it's, that's the beautiful thing about working working with techs is they really are caring individuals. They just don't know it. You're kind of unlocking their potential, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, trying to help them figure out who they are. You know, I mean, they, they want to go out and help people. They want to walk into a home and to be uh, greeted with open arms and have people love them as much as they love those people. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, not everybody understands the dynamics of that, and uh, it takes that technician to to try to figure out how they're going to release the potential that they have in a customer's home so that the customer then can see just how incredible they are, how caring they are, and how much they should probably pay attention to this individual. It's almost like you're releasing the brakes on a sports car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. So how did you get started as a speaker and a trainer? Well, uh, as a speaker and a trainer, um, I worked for a company here in Kansas City uh, for for a couple of years uh, called Neil Harris Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. Steve Burbridge, many people in the industry know Steve and, and admire Steve. Steve was a friend of mine, and he asked me to come be his sales manager. So I walk in, and I've got six extremely professional covered advisors. And, you know, I know nothing about heating and air. I had three really great selling technicians. So I'm trying to manage nine people uh, with, with no information whatsoever. So it took, you know, a long time for them to train me to be their manager. And, and I asked them to do that and it really worked out well. So after about a year, I was able to actually step into those shoes, even though I was, you know, in that position all the time. But through that, I would go to a lot of different training programs. After uh, a while of, of going to those training programs and making sure that anytime any of my selling uh, individuals, whether they were technicians or company advisors, any of my salespeople would go to a training, I would go with them. So we could practice on the way and on the way home and then continue that back at the, at the shop. I ended up knowing a lot about what they were training. And before long, somebody called and said, hey, we need some help. Can you substitute? Like, sure, I'll do that. And um, I started substituting for 
the agency that I was working for, uh, association back there was ISL, International Service Leadership. Before long, they asked me to come do it full-time. I hired somebody to replace me. It took a year to train them before Steve Burgers would let me leave the building and have somebody in my shoes that would actually do a good job. And uh, once that was okay with him, I moved on to be a, a trainer for ISL. And then, of course, that uh, all those organizations have changed and grown and become different groups through the years. And uh, I then have uh, had my own company called the HDAC Sales Coach. Worked with a lot of different organizations out there, but also with a lot of individual companies across the United States as well. So as you were coming up, the coach learned from the players. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, these guys are a gracious bunch of people, uh, wonderful, and they, they helped me figure this thing out. But it was, it was also interesting, and I always say this to managers. I, you know, I would send these guys as we either hired them or, you know, I, I want everybody to go through training on a regular basis, and I wouldn't go with them early on. And they'd come back and say, oh, that, you know, they're not doing it that way now. It's like, I know what they're doing. So, you know, it would kind of mess up our, our work that we would have to do afterwards, the follow-up, uh, the role play, the practicing. So I said, you know what, uh, from now on, I'm going with them. And I think every manager should go. If you've got people that are uh, getting trained and you're going to manage them, you better go get trained too. You got to know what they're doing. Yeah, I really believe that. I tell leaders the same thing. You need to be in the front row taking notes. You know, my mm-hmm. kids don't listen to a word I say, but they watch every move I make. Right. That's right. And so, it, and so it is with leaders. So ISL, I remember those folks. I, I spoke to them in, uh, in Mesa, Arizona a few years ago. I think the last year or two they were in business. That was a great mm-hmm. group of people. Oh, Some well. really smart contractors. I would say uh, most people in this business are a great group of people. I have not run into anyone yet that, uh, that I don't admire uh, and that I can't learn something from. Yeah, there's not a lot of slugs and pukes in this industry, is there? Not really. Yeah, you're, I agree. Uh, so tell us about your value proposition. Why should contractors have you work with their team? Well, when I work with a group of people, I'm, I'm more like them than you know some fancy speaker. I, I'm just a guy. and. I tend to relate to people well, whether it's uh, in one-on-one or it's in a group. So they they will open up to me. I also uh, know their secrets, and so I can point them out. And I can uh, pick them out of a crowd, and I can say, you know, I, I think we have to work on something and get them to go, well, you're probably right. You know, they they uh, uh, they being, whether it's corporate advisors or, or technicians, they know what their their uh, uh, issues are. They just don't want to admit them. And when I, when I bring them out, in the way that I talk to them about them, they tend to let me work with them, which is a, an interesting thing. Because you'll see a lot of guys will sit in the back of the class with their arms crossed, and you know they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this guy." Um, and uh, I have just I've had this wonderful experience of being able to to get to people and to help them do what they really should be doing, which is taking care of their customers and in turn, taking care of their family. So many of these guys think they're working for the man, you know, and they go out there every day and they don't necessarily want to work hard or do anything that might increase his overall profit. Uh, you know, they just, they're just there for a job. But when they realize, you know, shit, they've got their own business. They are here to create wealth for their family and for them and for their future and for their retirement. They have an opportunity to maximize on that. Why wouldn't they? Forget about boss. Take care of the customer. When you take care of really great care of a customer uh, and they're thrilled, 
they, uh, they, they learn from you, they buy from you. When they buy from you, you take great care of your family. You know what? The boss will make out. He'll do just fine if you take care of that customer and your family. Everybody wins. Right. It, you're right, though. When I have a room full of technicians, you can literally see the expression on their face. It's like, I dare you to teach me. The arms are folded. You know you're getting yeah. through when they unfold their arms and they start taking notes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's just it's a great feeling when you see people in a classroom all of a sudden smile at you and you know you know what he just figured out that he can make money doing this and he he's going to go home and he's going to tell his wife that he learned something today that's that's awesome yeah it's a good feeling isn't it uh-huh. so in your opinion what keeps contractors up at night what has them tossing and turning well you know it's those uh, ups and downs uh, of the seasons you know the seasonality of our um industry it just kills people and they don't know what to do about it. We've got to maximize uh, our potential in the times that we, when we can and get our, our employees to understand that. So it becomes being a team and getting people to say, okay, when I'm out there and I'm working overtime and I'm just dying, I still got to maximize my potential so that we can all get through those shoulder months uh, and then as well, in the normal seasons, or even when it's crazy busy, I'm still making sure that we're, we're building that uh, maintenance agreement base, because that's the key to success in this industry, in, in my opinion, certainly one of them. And so, you know, these, these poor guys, they don't know how to motivate their, their folks. And it's not necessarily motivating. Some of, some of them are pretty good at, uh, at being a manager. But as far as getting their people to understand, training their people, uh, educating your people on all the things that that would benefit not only them, but the company as well, and all of us as a team, that is tough for a lot of these guys. Because frankly, most of the guys, I think, in this industry came up, or at least they used to. It's just changing now. We've got a lot of investors out there that are buying companies. But most guys came up through the ranks, right? And they're trying to manage the company, and they're, they're really a tech at heart themselves. And, uh, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to manage and motivate people, and they need uh, they need some help with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that service agreement basis is huge. And stabilizing cash flow, eliminating those highs and lows, uh, having uh, making sure that the guys don't have to go home, you know, that no fertile policy that a service agreement base affords, you're, right. you're, you're right on target. So you're going to be speaking in September in Las Vegas. Is that right? That's right. And where's that going to be held? Uh, Lucas, do you know where that's going to be? Yeah, yeah. So Epic 2018 is what you're talking about, Epic 2018. Uh, it's coming to the Cosmopolitan yes. of Las Vegas, September 27th and 28th. Uh, we're still putting it together, so we hope everybody can save those dates. This is going to be full uh-huh. of powerful peer-to-peer networking, introductions to new products and services, game-changing business education in the form of presentations from some of the industry's most respected names, including Mark Madison and Mike Treese. There's also, we can't really go too into detail right now, but there's a really incredible celebrity keynote lined up. The guy has a powerful story that actually inspired a really big Hollywood movie that we can go into a little detail once we formally announce it. But yeah, it should be a really good time. I mean, both of you guys will be speaking and, you know, I've heard both of you guys present before and it's always pretty powerful stuff. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And the weather's supposed to be nice too, right? I think it will be. Yeah, I think it will. So September 27th and 28th. And there's actually going to be a, a welcome reception at the Marquee, which is this really nice nightclub with complimentary drinks and orders the night before. So the night of September 26th. So pencil in those dates if you can. Head to egia.org slash university to stay tuned and learn more about kind of our education and training platform of which Epic 2018 will be a part. I appreciate that. Thank you, Lucas. Sure. So Mike, if you were to 
offer one piece of advice to contractors, what would that one piece be? Well, I think everybody needs to realize that customers just, they want to be heard. When we get out to a customer's home, uh, we need to shut up and listen. Uh, you'd be amazed at what people will tell you and how they will work with you if they feel comfortable talking to you. So we've got to encourage customers to start talking to us, tell us what's going on, ask good questions so that the customer can then say, you know what, that's right, I do want that in my life. Whether it's their child breathing better or you know, uh, the, their family being able to use uh, the family room, the bonus room, right? That type of thing. When we ask the right questions, we get customers to say, you know what, I didn't realize I could have those things in my life. Uh, and, and if you can provide them for me, great, let's do it. That, I think, is the key. Um, so many people go into homes and take over, teach our technicians to go in there and take over and take charge and, you know, close and do all these other things. When customers just, they, they want to make those decisions for themselves and they need to be educated so that they can, they can do that. When, when we ask a question like, gosh, who in your family suffers from allergies, asthma, hay fever, sinus conditions, you know, that kind of thing. And they say, well, my son's got asthma, and, and we, we dig a little bit. We find out his name and what he uses to take care of that when he has issues and say, gosh, if I could help you with that, would you want me to? And they go, well, yeah, sure, of course. Then we help them with things that, that might help them with that. See, we, we've sold products for, for years in this industry. Nobody wants to buy a product. They want to buy what it does. And so I think we've got to get better at finding out what our customers want and what they need in their lives and giving them those real solutions. They'll, they'll buy anything from you as long as it means something to them. So uh, what I'm hearing you say is, is they don't care how long you've been in business or how many technicians you have or how terrific you smell. That's true. You're right. What they care about is what keeps them up at night. Exactly. You do that by asking questions and actively listening. Imagine that. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> have, you, have you heard that before? I have, yeah. Yeah, I really believe it. I think it was Zig Ziglar who says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and when you listen, you're demonstrating that caring. That's absolutely right. That's so true. So where is the industry headed? What changes do you see on the horizon? Well, you know, the, the, the changes are really equipment-based. You know, we've got so much going on with high-efficient equipment. So that's, that's pushing up uh, the cost which pushes up the prices, which changes the whole equation. I see one day uh, there will be pretty much each manufacturer will have one air conditioner that, that will adjust to any size home. So there's not going to be a whole lot of options out there. And, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, super high efficient equipment and it's going to be expensive. And that's going to be an issue for a lot of uh, homeowners out there. So I think we're going to have to figure out how to help them with that. I, I feel the industry really... Uh, Equipment-wise, is going to have some major changes pretty pretty soon. As far as uh, people go, you know, we have a lot of people now who are smarter uh, investors, who people who didn't necessarily come up through the ranks, but are coming in and looking at uh, our industry as a way to make money. And it can be; it absolutely can be. I, you know, I tell uh, technicians every day, you are in a six-figure income position. You, you better start acting like it. You better start learning things uh, that will uh, allow you to, to achieve your potential. 
And, uh, you know, we, we need to maximize on the things that, that we can do because the industry is, is changing so much around us financially that uh, we have to be able to ask our customers and, and give them enough information so that they see the uh, availability to invest the proper dollars uh, in their home. This is a great industry, isn't it? But we suffer from a low self-esteem. We don't think we're worth what we charge. Right. I'm on a mission right, to change that. And I, and I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, the we need to be able to navigate through those changes. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we've got to get the customers to understand that. And we still, I don't know how many times I go into a home and I see a new 80% efficient furnace or, you know, an, an inexpensive basic air conditioner outside. Uh, and, I, you know, in a home that really should be, uh, should have different equipment. And I think it's because we're just not educating those customers properly and they just see it as a box and it just needs to be replaced. We're going to have to change that. Our job is to educate and raise their awareness, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And offer a choice well, of yeses. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, I, when, when I buy things, I don't go out and buy the cheapest thing I can get my hands on. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see the, I know the value in, in spending a couple extra bucks to, to, to do it right to make it, make sure it's safe, but then also, you know, look at who put it together and how it was put together. Uh, you know, I, I think we disregard the installation. You know, we can, you can buy Linux or train or carrier or Heil or all this stuff from hundreds of companies uh, in your area, typically in any major city, but who's going to install it properly and then stand behind that because they installed it properly got to work with people who uh, who have integrity and character. Are, do you find that customers are better informed today than they were before? <laughs> no. Not when it comes to eating air. You know, when we go into a home, people, there, there just doesn't seem to be that much. They hear about high-efficient equipment, <clears throat> and they know that they should be uh, doing more. But here's the issue. What they'll do is, is they'll go on the Internet and Google <clears throat> heating and air. Uh, and so when you get to their home, they think they know more. Uh, they, they think that they've got uh, more information, but there is so much on the Internet that they're looking through, paging through, trying to figure out. They may or may not come across the right information. It's our job to pull all that together, make it make sense and give them an education so that they can go, you know what? Now, I, now I get it. Now I get it. So simplify. All right. Well, and be specific to them. Not only simplify, but specify. We've got to make sure that what we talk to a customer about is specific only to them. If you ever say, you know what, I had a customer last week did this, who cares? What does that have to do with this customer and this home and their family? If it does, then yeah, we should talk about it. But we've got to be extremely specific to, to these folks, because there's hundreds of ways of doing this. And, you know, you may talk to a customer and say, you know, you know, most of my customers are putting in a MERV 11 filter. Like, so why should I? Uh, we've got to find out why it would be appropriate for them and then use it to prescribe a solution that will change their lives. So everybody's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even so, more so today, because people used to talk over the fence. You know, the guy, you go meet Charlie in the backyard, you're raking your leaves, he's raking his leaves. Uh, and, you know, you go talk about whatever it is that's going on and they've done what they've done in their lives recently. 
uh, and we get great advice. Well, we don't do that anymore. You, you hire kids to raise your leaves. We don't even know our neighbors. So we're living in a world where our information comes from this box that's sitting on our desk, uh, maybe a tablet that we carry around with. Maybe it's just a phone, and we just trust in Google. And frankly, I don't think there's very good information out there as a whole for heating and air on Google. Even if you pick up, if you're lucky enough to get a brochure on any particular product out there, I don't think the manufacturer brochures even do a good job of explaining why somebody should have this unit over this unit. Well, you said it earlier, right? It's about who's going to install it right and who's going to stand behind what they install. So you're really selling the, the quality of the installation and the quality of the company. Absolutely. I mean, frankly, I mean, everybody's, all the manufacturers are using Honeywell gas valves. They're using Emerson motors. They're all using cultural scroll compressors. What's the difference? The box is the box. They're all the same, in, in my opinion. And believe me, I've got several manufacturers I work very closely with. They would agree. It's what we do with it that makes all the difference in the world. Right. So as you were coming up, what books had the biggest impact on you? Oh, I'm never good at coming up with uh, names off the top of my head. Uh, so I will apologize up front. But, uh, I, you know, I used to just love reading the Zig Ziglar's, any information I could get from him. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, through the years, has, uh, I love his teachings because it's short and sweet. It's all little snippets uh, as opposed to, to big, long novels. And, and um, so I, I can't say that, uh, you know, there's any, any great author out there that, uh, that I've spent a whole lot of time with over and over. I just pick up little bits here and there and, uh, and try to keep up. So you like bathroom books. You can read them in four sittings if you don't mind your legs going numb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the good 100-page books, right? You can, you can read them in a day. You can read them in one sitting. Yeah, there's this guy named uh, Mark Madison. He's got a few of those that are really great books. Yeah, I heard about him. I, uh, yeah, I hear things. <laughs> but, that's, that's, but that's the kind of, those are the kind of books that I like to, uh, to read. I'm, I'm just, I've never been a, a novel kind of guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to find something that talks to me and then go apply it uh, and uh, maybe use it. If, if it works, then use it in my teachings uh, and, uh, uh, and, and try to get people to understand a, a small concept rather than a great big uh, something that takes an entire book to explain. Who are your mentors? Who are the guys that had the biggest impact on you coming up? Steve Burbridge certainly was, was huge for me. Steve has always been a big supporter of mine, which is wonderful to have a boss uh, who would uh, who has your back? Steve uh, Burridge was the uh, owner of, uh, of the heating air fishing company that I started with here in Kansas City, and now he has a company uh, called Anthony Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling in Kansas City, and I would say it is the premier company. Um, Drew Cameron uh, has always been somebody that I've looked up to, uh, that uh, I've learned a lot from through the years. And uh, uh, there was uh, Mike Moore, uh, who uh, is uh, with Linux. Mike was somebody that I, I always have admired, worked closely with, and, and uh, have always been uh, had had fun being on the stage with the guy. You know, you can play off of him. What do you love most about what you do? What I love most about what I do is 
the look in somebody's face when they they get it and they realize they've been doing it wrong for as long as they've been doing it. Some some guys, it's only a couple of years or a couple of months. Some, it's been a lifetime. What I love is when somebody looks at me and I can tell from the smile on their face that their life is about to change and they're excited about it. When that light comes on, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when you it get is. the feedback that, you know, those things you taught me stuck and here's what happened as a result of going through that training. Yeah, that's a great uh, feeling. There are a few things more satisfying than that. It's true. It's true. And, and really, everything we do is about people. And we've got to take better care of our customers. We've got to get our technicians and our company advisors uh, to do the job they need to do to take better care of their family. Uh, and when we focus on people and we focus on solutions for people, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the cus- what the customer needs or what your family needs and how you can use your job to get what your family needs, what are your goals, uh, what are your aspirations, what are your dreams, and how do we get there? Uh, that, it's just a beautiful thing when we focus on people. We've got to get away from the equipment that is, uh, you know, pulling us down out there because a lot of people in this industry, they, they, they don't know, people don't understand equipment. And we talk about it all day long and use acronyms and other things that uh, really just kind of push people away. Let's focus on people. And, and if I could say anything, it's all about love, Mark. You got to love people. You got to love mm. your customer. You don't even know these people. You just walked in the door. But you got to love humanity, love people enough to do the right thing and love your family enough to, to with integrity and character, take care of somebody so that you in turn can take more home to your family. That's really true. I agree with that. Yeah, man. I I agree with that 100%. So EGIA, when they contacted you, what made made it appealing for you to to say yes and and join the faculty? Well, um, Drew Cameron, again, a friend of mine, uh, who is uh, also on the the faculty, called and and talked to me about it and said, you know, hey, there's this incredible group of people. Gary Ellis is one. And, you know, I've known Gary for many years and admired Gary and, and trust Gary. Weldon Long, you know, he said, uh, Wally's going to be part of this process. And, uh, you know, Wally's been very successful. And I've taken Wally's uh, courses, you know, been watching him for, for years, his podcasts and his video programs on the Internet. And uh, not only admire, but enjoy learning from Wally. And I thought, you know what, this group of people, I think, are the kind of people that would relate well to me. They care enough about others. I certainly drew it. That's why I've worked with Drew for years is because he's a good person. He's good, caring people. You know, I just wanted to be a part of this team that I saw as somebody that I admire. And uh, hopefully, gosh, if they learn enough about me, maybe they'll admire me a little bit too. Hmm. So what are you working on now? Have you thought about writing a book? You know, uh, I have. I, I I started a book on customer service, just how basic customer service. Uh, you know, the things that I've just talked about here in this last uh, half hour or so, I've been putting together an outline on uh, how could I get this information across to folks? Because loving people, loving your family enough to do what's right for your customers and loving your customer enough to be able to uh, help them properly so that they can take better care of their children and their family and and the investment, their home. So yeah, I've, I've got an outline started, but uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Maybe I can uh, 
get some advice from the master one of these days. Well, I'll send you a couple of things that I think will help you along the way, and I'll keep poking you in the eye with a sharp stick until you get it done. How's that? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Would love some some uh, motivation. A little kick in the ass is is always good for me. Sure, sure. But I'll be the rock in your shoe. There you go. So, so in closing, what uh, what advice? Uh, what thoughts? What would you want people to walk away with? Well, one thing I, I want people to to do is realize you're not in this alone. You have opportunity to do more. So look at your family, see what you're doing. If you, if you want more, go get it, but you got to be open-minded. And when it comes to uh, business owners, um, realize if in fact this is, you realize that uh, you may not be the best trainer or what, uh, what have you out there, but, you can be an incredible coach, being a coach for your team. Once they're trained, send them to get training, bring somebody in to do training, but give them the information that they need so they can take better care of their family and realize that that's why they come to work every day. They don't come to work to, to support you. They come to work every day to take care of their family at home. When they realize that you know that, and you're just coaching them to get out there and take better care of their family by taking care of customers, let somebody else do the training if that's not who you are. But for God's sakes, get it done. Because, uh, you know, there's so many people in this industry have stated to me, Mark, you've probably heard this before. Now, I don't like to train my people. They'll just leave me and go somewhere else. Well, that's, that's kind of a backwards way of thinking. Let's get people the information they need to take great care of their family through taking care of customers. And the, the business owners are going to do just fine. And let's train those business owners to just be coaches. All you got to do is pat the guys on the ass every once in a while when they're going out the door. And when they come back in, cheer them on, saying, I can't wait to see what you do tomorrow. Man, you're incredible. It doesn't take much to help people go out and, and do what they are supposed to do, which is start with your family, take care of them, and customers are going to be happy. The boss will be just fine. Your point about if I train them and they leave, I had a vice president of service say, yeah, there's only one thing worse. You don't train them and they stay. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things. And the other thing I heard you say is, you know, what everything we do, really every contractor I ever met, what drives them, what motivates them is family. When uh, my kids were young, uh, I think Evan was four and Colin was eight. I got the the idea of asking the two questions at night. You know, I'd tuck them in, we'd say our prayers and then, I'd read to him, and then I'd ask him the two questions. What was the most fun you had? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? And yeah. I think Evan was about five, so I'd been doing this for about a year. So he got used to the little ritual, and he really looked forward to it. And it was Christmas night. And I said, you know, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And he said, playing with the box the refrigerator came in. Because <laughs> I'm a romantic. Right? I bought my wife a refrigerator for Christmas. So uh, I said, what? I said, what about the Nintendo? That was like $150. And he said, yeah, I want to play with that too. But he said, I'm going to put my sleeping bag in the box and spend the night. I said, like a homeless guy? He said, whatever. <laughs> he said, uh, you want to put your bag in there too? So there we were, sleeping in a box that the refrigerator came in. And uh, my point is, you know, we don't really know what's important to our kids. And we don't really know what's important to our technicians and our comfort consultants until we mm -hmm. ask the right questions. And we listen mm -hmm. and we take the time to deliver what it is they want. So, Mike, what's this ask the experts thing that you do with EGIA? What's that all about? It's a lot of fun. Uh, my 
himself, James Leitner from Aptora. Uh, he's, he's, he's a fascinating man. He's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, Brigham Dickinson. And uh, the three of us with Tovia from EGIA asking us questions. We have yeah, people uh, uh, listening in. And it's just a round robin. Uh, she will ask a question of one of us. We then uh, answer that question. So it might be about flat rate pricing. It might be about, uh, you know, closing procedures or how do you handle objections or uh, any number of things, really. Uh, and uh, she'll give each one of us uh, a specific question. And then, you know, none of us can stay quiet. So uh, after Brigham answers a question, then James will chime in and then I'll chime in and we all give our different uh, answers to, to how we would handle that situation or just, you know, our answers to the questions in general. And not only is it a lot of fun, but I really think you're talking about uh, James Leitner, who has incredible information on programs to run your company and, and customer service in general and sales. I mean, James also is just a good guy that believes in taking care of people and doing the right thing by people, whether it's your employees or it's your customers. Then you've got Brigham, who is the customer service guru, has built his business on uh, customer service and uh, how to help people, you know, so whether it's in person or it's on the phone. And so with, with my expertise in sales and, and helping, whether it's technicians or company advisors, help people uh, and, and realize what it is that uh, uh, those customers need so that they can really provide specific solutions to their uh, in individual customers. Um, we pull all three of us together and, and I really feel it's incredibly informative. Also, uh, it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's easy to listen to, and uh, you're going to come out of that podcast with some great information uh, each and every week that we record it. I think we do that three times a month right now. So it's a spirited online panel discussion yeah. presented by EGIA. And, and Lucas, how do we download that? How do we access that? So if you go to egia.org slash events, you'll see our entire event calendar. That's workshops, conference calls, web, webinars, et cetera. Um, so that's where you can see all of the upcoming Ask the Experts calls. You can learn more. You can register. We actually do two of these a week. Mike, secretly, you're only just on half of them. So we're doing one every Monday that is for kind of owners and GMs, and then one every Friday that's more for the entire team. You can go there to register, egia.org slash events to register, to ask your questions, to access the old archive. And also, if you head to egia.org slash blog, you can see we excerpt one of these every uh, every week. So you can get kind of a, a look at one of the one of the questions from a session. There's, I think, what the most recent one, I think we have an answer from Mike up there. So it's a great way to to learn burning questions as they come up. I mean, you can you can jump on this call, you can have your question answered same day. So it's a plethora of virtual cornucopia of knowledge and information. I was thinking myriad, but yeah, plethora as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fountainhead. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. So, boy, I am so grateful for uh, you, Mick, carving out the time uh, to to talk to us today. I know how busy you are, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. I as well. Yeah, thank you. Well, Lucas, yeah. this ends another podcast, my friend. That it does. 
And again, well, that'll do it for today's episode. As always, visit egia.org slash podcast to find this episode, an archive of previous episodes, and the online form to submit your questions for our mailbag segment. Links to the podcast on Apple and Google Play and a link to the latest EGIA snapshot survey. For more information about EGIA membership, visit www.egia.org slash join. I'm Mark Madison. Thanks for letting me play in your sandbox. We'll see you next time. Yeah.